I'll just talk about the running backs. We got Aiden Dennis, dog. Dodie Devon, dog. Uh, Sir Hale, dog. He scored five touchdowns against Southside. RJ Hogue, dog. Sam Kale, I didn't even know he played running back, but he's a dog. Evan Linker, man. I didn't, he's a linebacker in my eyes, but I guess he can run the ball. Dog. Uh, and then Quinn Roach, he plays baseball, but he gets after it. He, all SAC first-team baseball player right there, and now he's out here playing football. You know, how about that? Uh, he's a dog. <laughs> Quinn Roach is a dog. Absolutely. Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Abari, my co-host, Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. So... Today, we are doing our preseason redraft primer. Um, just for record's sake here, we are recording this early because we got things going on in the next couple weeks. It is um, just ahead. So in the event we're talking about somebody and their knee has blown up two weeks ago, please forgive us as we had to do this early to squeeze it in. But aside from that uh, walk, this was kind of your idea so how are you and wherever you want to start let's get into it yeah i'm i'm fantastic and i appreciate the disclaimer at the beginning of this we'll have to discuss and nothing like good pod audio here whether we want to release this next week or in two weeks next week might be just better because then it's more topical and it's definitely in advance of redraft season but i'm doing great my uh my Eagles sat all their stars, including apparently Kenny Gainwell, um, which it looks like we'll be talking about today. John, am I right? Um, looking at your yes. running back ranking. <laughs> so um, I'm doing great week two, like you said, of the of the NFL preseason is upon us. And yeah, we'll be we'll be talking real meaningful football in no time. So, yeah, I uh, said. We don't do a lot of just like pure redraft. Once we once we get into the season, we're talking week to week, right? So our our, our show kind of just morphs into a redraft mindset, but we don't usually dive into really redraft um, or best ball or anything, you know, as on an annual basis. We just talk football. Um, so I was like, let's actually just like put pen to paper. Um, we're looking at top 12 quarterback, top 12 tight end. And we went to top 30 running backs and wide receivers. So like, let's just rank them how we – would take them or, or where we believe they're going to end. I guess that's going to be a, a good explanation as to each of our rankings. Mine is how I would draft them. I don't necessarily, I'm not going to guarantee this is like point ranking, but this is how I would take them. Um, so if there's any ADP opportunity, I you know who I'd be high and low on um, or heavy on, I guess you would say heavier light uh, as far as the, you know, was it? Best ball, what do you call it? Rostership uh, is concerned. Um, well, now just excited to talk about some of these guys and where we're alike and where we differ. Yeah, and uh, I had the the benefit of you. You got yours done slightly ahead of me, so I got to see where you had them. But I I, I did my best not to look until I was plugging mine in. Yeah. And of course, this pen, pen and paper dummies. first. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I I I knew that that's how. This was going to go. It was interesting because um, I was kind of just like top of the head. Like if, if I went, if I had another day or so, I probably overanalyze these things. It's kind of what you do with, with any of this type of stuff. Right? Oh, so yeah. Scrutinizing and doing all this. So this was first blush. Boom. Just put it down. Um, 
And, you know, so my perception might change a, a little bit from, from how I took them too, but no, it was a, it was an interesting exercise to see really where I sit with some of these guys, you know? So without further ado, you know, I think probably best to just rock through quarterbacks and tight ends as they're kind of the leaner positions. We weren't looking super flex or a tight end premium. So we're not getting too deep, um, but we're just talking top 12, you know, the, the QB ones and the tight end ones, as far as we're concerned. And it wasn't a lot of, differentiating at the top. Uh, we both had Mahomes, Hurts, and Allen in our top four. So there's no, I don't think there's really anything to talk about there. We're, we're equally high on all of them. We have a little differing of opinions on, on some of them. But I think the first one that really jumps out, obviously, is when I said we have them in our top four, it's because you have someone else snuck into the top three that isn't the aforementioned Holmes, Mahomes, Hurts, or Allen, and it is Justin Herbert. As your QB three, I have him all the way down at my QB six. Um, so a, a little bit of a differentiator there. I've gone on record as saying that in a dynasty startup, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence over Justin Herbert at this point. Some of it has to do with buying years back, but I think the upside is just as good uh, with a Trevor Lawrence as it is with Justin Herbert. And not that I'm down on Herbert. Like I said, he's six for me, but you have him above Jalen Hurts. What do you see out of Justin Herbert this year that makes you so confident in putting him in some rarefied air? Yeah, I mean, part of it too is I, I think you get a little regression out of Philly this year. And as much as I talked him up, you know, when we, we discussed Philly a little bit, I think a lot of that is – the defensive side of the ball, I think, is going to be better. So they may not have to score as many points. Teams have a full year of film on him now, kind of, you know, and, and teams are going to get more geared up to play Philly than maybe they were a year ago where it kind of surprised a lot of people. Um, So, I, I again, you know, like as, as you said on your side with uh, Herbert, Hertz fell all the way down to four. I, I still think he's, you know, one of the best – quarterbacks for fantasy for, for dynasty, but obviously we're talking redraft here. The guy's going to put up a ton of points, but I think what they did with the running game, bringing in Swift and, and Penny, I, I think they want to, as we see with a lot of the rushing quarterbacks over time, the teams want to keep that, you know, keep those hits off of him. So I, I don't think he's going to be as prevalent with his legs and in the running game uh, as he was a year ago. So it's just a small ding on him where he came down and Herbert. I just think the chargers are not as good as they were a year ago and are going to have to score points to stay in a lot of these games. And, you know, they gave Herbert that giant contract. He doesn't seem like a guy who gets the money and is going to turn into a giant <laughs> pile of garbage. So I could see him leaning into it and really, having a good year and that kind of trickles down when we get to wide receiver. I'm, I'm, I'm big on Keenan Allen this year. So I, I just think that's going to click for him this year, but you know, we're, we're really splitting hairs here at the top. I, I wouldn't be shocked if any of these top five guys finish even first. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's no real shockers. And I, I don't disagree with what you said. If we can get a healthy Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, you know, and then whatever Quentin Johnson could be in this offense along with, you know, probably the last year of Austin Eckler, you know, and then a a, a Gerald Everett wide receiver with, with an upgraded offensive line if they get uh, Slater back on, on the left-hand side. Like, yeah, I think that with Kellen Moore could be fireworks in, in L.A. And I'm I'm here for it. I'm clearly a closet Chargers fan and you know, apologists. So 
Um, no disrespect to Justin Herbert, it's just some other guys. Like I said, I'm a six. I have Lamar Jackson and the aforementioned Trevor Lawrence ahead of him. Um, <clears throat> just what, La- what, what Lamar Jackson can do with his legs, that's just not going to disappear overnight. And they finally put some goddamn weapons on offense around him, you know, not just Mark Andrews and a bunch of good run blockers on the outside or, you know, a lid lifter like Hollywood Brown. I mean, I'm still a Rashad Bateman guy. Anyone knows I'm huge on Zay Flowers in the pre-draft process. And for whatever Odell Beckham is, he's still a valuable veteran ad on this team. I I don't think he's going to be a world beater, but, you know, they got better across the board and they're starting three wide receivers. So anything that Todd Munkin can bring, to this offense, just sprinkle in enough Lamar Jackson running. He, that's not going to disappear. He's still going to rush for like seven, 800 yards conservatively. And if he can get into that 3,000, 3,500 with, you know, 25, 30 touchdowns and still give us 800 on the ground, another, you know, six to eight rushing touchdowns. You know, I, I think that's ultimately where he's going to end up. And we might be looking back and saying he's going to rival that 2019 MVP season you know, potentially in this offense. So you have him down at seven. That's kind of the, 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 the pivot point is you had Herbert way, not way. You had Herbert a few spots higher than I did. And I have Lamar Jackson a few spots higher than you, but we both had Trevor Lawrence at five. You know, so we're both there on Lawrence. You have fields at six. I have fields at eight. I have Barrow at seven. You have Barrow at eight. I have Tua at 10, Deshaun at nine. You have two at nine, Deshaun at 10. So there's really nothing to talk about through the 10, but then we get into 11 and 12. And I think 11 and 12 is pretty interesting <clears throat> because we don't share any players at the bottom of the QB one range. You have Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins. It's hard to argue as both of them have been QB1s for the balance of their careers, save for the Russell Wilson disaster last year. I have Daniel Jones and Dak Prescott. So I'm staying with my NFC East and and my two guys. What makes you believe that Russell Wilson is getting back in the QB1 territory? I can't really argue Cousins. Cousins is like literally the definition of QB12. Like, yeah, that's probably where he's going to be. So no argument here. Russell Wilson. And then after a little bit, I saw in the preseason with Russell Wilson still. I don't know, man. I, I, I look, I, yeah, I, I saw, scared. I saw a little I bit of that scared. too. And I was like, oh, this isn't what I, I mean, I don't know what I was looking for, but I, I didn't, I wasn't wowed. Um, I'm kind of, you know, we've talked about Watson quite a bit and I know you're heavily invested in, big believer in Watson. And, you know, we're talking about him shaking the rust off and you're just betting on him being what we've seen the bulk of his career. And that's kind of where I'm at with Wilson. He can't be as bad as he was last year unless he's just washed. And I don't think he's washed. So I'm just betting on historically where I think he'll be. I I agree with you. I mean, it was the first, first game action with the new system, new coaching, all, all that that goes along with it. So I'm hoping he looks a lot better uh, going forward. Um, obviously, these are redraft rankings. They're very fluid. If he comes out in the next preseason game and looks like hot garbage, I, I, I'm comfortable moving him down, but I'm just kind of leaning into what we've seen from him historically. Sounds like, you know, Sounds like he's clicked with Judy. It sounds like Cortland Sutton's having a great camp. They like Mims, and Mims seems like he's going to have a role. So I do like the weapons on the team. You know, we and I, I think their running backs are good enough to keep a lot of the the pressure off him. Where if they had, you know, two real 
dog shit backs back there. He, he teams could just key in on him. So I'm just leaning into him being what we've seen in the past. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's not like it was abysmal and yes, Gary <clears throat> Judy is legit and Cortland Sutton now married and supposedly lost weight. Like, you know, his best shape of his career type talk going on. And with uh, KJ Hamler being gone and Tim Patrick going down again with injury, I mean, they're going to be consolidated targets again. And Mims is going to get on the field, like you said, which I think is the optimal three wide set for them is Mims yeah. being on the field or either Correct. of those other two guys personally. Um, clearly Sean Payton wants to get these guys reps, you know, because while some teams did play their starters, from what I can recall, the Denver starters were in there much longer than yeah, most teams that played their starters. might have been like a series, and then, okay, bubble wrap them. You know, yeah. get, get them off the field as, as quickly as possible. No, you know, Sean Payton needs to see some things. Um, and we were both extremely high on Russell Wilson last year, so he would probably be in my top 15 if we went a little further. So it's not like it's, you know, what the fuck are you thinking? It's just... I couldn't put him there. Daniel Jones was a QB one last year. I think they got better weapons on offense this year. You know, I, I do like their O line. I think we could see the continued ascension of you know a mobile quarterback. That's what we're looking for these days with upgraded weapons uh, on offense. Darren Waller, Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt all represent upgrades from what he was throwing to last year in various capacities. Still got Saquon there for another year, and then Dak Prescott. He's he's like my Kirk Cousins. I'm like when I got the twelve, I was like. Eh. I got, I got to put Dak Prescott here, right? I mean, they, I still believe he's a QB1 um, in fantasy football. I still believe he's a QB1 in dynasty, but I think that's the, a low-end QB1. He'll be a QB2 in short order because he's running less and less as he gets older ever since that ankle injury. You're not getting those six rushing touchdowns and a couple hundred yards. He's relying on his arm, which is what's going to cycle him out of the QB1 territory. But I still think we got another season of QB one play in him. I think Brandon cooks is going to play tremendous opposite CD lamb in this yeah. offense and, and Tony Pollard being their lead back. It's pretty clear to me. They are going to be a pass first offense and now, see, I, can say anything he wants, but their now, actions are speaking louder than their words. In my opinion, I know he wants so, to run it. I get it, but it's just not happening. There's where I differ on him. Like I, I listened to that coach speak and knowing which coach in particular it's coming from. I'm like, this, this dummy is going to go ahead and push all this action to the running game. I, I see Dak being kind of handcuffed by McCarthy a bit uh, for lack of a better term. And then I also think, um, you know, Dak came out and said, I, I'm not going to throw 10 interceptions this year. I, like I feel <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like when anybody makes those crazy statements, it always backfires. So I, I'm I'm just leaning into uh, the pessimism here and my knowledge of Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I can't I can't get there on him, even though I, I, I like Ceedee Lamb a lot, and I, I agree with you with uh, Cooks being out there and, and Pollard as a pass catcher. And you know, it sounds like Deuce Vaughn had a good camp. I didn't see a lot of that preseason game, but people are raving about him from that, so he might be another viable option in, in the passing attack, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to go towards the his, his, historical records here. And Mike McCarthy, uh, given Prescott, the screw. 
Yeah, I would not be surprised. Everyone knows how we feel about McCarthy and what he wants to do. That's you know, why you shit can Kellen Moore is because the offense was was too pass friendly and successful. That's why he's like, oh, we got we got to stop this. This works. Get ground and yeah, we got a ground and pound. Even though that asshole also said that he took the year off to like reinvent himself. Yeah, you know, and ultimately he's just gonna fall back in the old ways that got him canned in Green Bay. Yeah, you know, it's gonna get him canned in Dallas as well. But you know, good, good. I couldn't be happier with that. But yeah, I guess we we will see there. But it's you know, kind of those veterans at the tail end of the Kirk Cousins and Dak, which are you know these guys are past first quarterbacks that are gonna rely on volume to get them there. So no real shock on the quarterback side. So let's go into the tight ends. You know, because everyone's staying for those meat and potatoes. They're the running backs and the wide receivers. So on a tight end, shocker, Travis Kelsey, tight end one for both of us. It's you now until further notice. You now until he picks up a serious injury. I don't want to do it tires. every year. Every yeah. year I'm like, this is the year, and I go, ah, fuck, I guess. But you can't. I, you just can't I, do it. I sold. I don't, not low. I sold Travis Kelsey two years ago. Oh, you told me, return, yeah. And it's haunted me ever since. Yeah, it grows. I mean, ridiculous. The, the leverage he gives you is insurmountable. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane that you're getting a wide receiver one at a tight end position. You know, so yeah, no shock here, Kelsey. Until further notice, tight end one. So then we have Hawkinson and Andrews flip flopped. I have Andrews Hawkinson. You have Hawkinson Andrews. I you know again, you know, we have them two three. Nothing really to see here. I do have a little bit of concern that Addison's going to eat more than even like a Adam, you know, end game Adam Thielen did last year. So Hawkinson's, you know, target opportunity could come down a little bit. I also think Minnesota's going to suck. So they might throw more and that could be to Hawkinson's benefit. I also believe he's holding out for a new contract, which might also be why Minnesota got off him last year for what they could. And then hit the reset button with Sam Laporta. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Detroit. Sorry. Um, So that's going to be interesting to see. He'll be there when it's all said and done, but yeah, we have them two and three. Then you have George Kittle at four. I have George Kittle at five, so we're not going to talk about George Kittle. I have Darren Waller at four. You have Darren Waller at seven. For you, is it that you – what is it about Darren Waller? Is it injury? Is it situation? Age. Age, age and injury. Yeah, I, I think if if you promised me he's playing 17 games, I, I could be talked into moving him as high as two. But I, I just think the guy is – on the wrong side of 30 and he's been falling apart. So I I've got some definite concerns there. Whereas yeah, all the guys terrified. ahead of him, I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely terrified putting him at four. I mean, yes, if he plays 15 games and then I'm pretty comfortable with this ranking because I do believe he's going to be the target leader um, when he plays in this offense. Yeah. I don't care about the camp reports. I believed it before all this. He had to sit out camp because Daniel Jones just threw it to him every time. Okay. Well, he's by far their best receiver. That's what happens in camp when you have yeah. like one really good guy and a bunch of other guys that are all the same. I mean, it's just, it's not camp news. It's just, it's, it, it's athletes, right? I mean, it's just, okay. I want to complete a pass. I'm going to throw it to my best player. Yeah. I'm sure Devonte Adams is getting the bulk of the catches in Vegas Raiders camp that no one's reporting on. Okay, he's he's way better than the alternative. So, I I agree the the injury and the track right. I, mean, I think he's missed ten games in the last two years. You know, he seems you know several years away from real fantasy relevancy. Um, but 
moving in, it's like kind of like a fresh start for him getting into an offense that I know that Dable is going to scheme for this guy and, and focus on him. I mean, I would not be surprised if he's an eight to 10 target per game tight end. Um, yeah. and assuming health, he's going to, he's going to hit, um, going below that. I'm going to, I'll run a couple of mine. So I've got it at six and Joku at seven, Kyle Pitts at eight. You have, and I guess I got to go up to five because, uh, you have Evan Ingram snuck up there at five, which I don't disagree with. Get the contract to send with Jacksonville. So you went, Ingram, Higby, Waller, Fryermuth. Which one of those three, since we just talked Waller, did you did you want to focus on? Give two seconds on. Uh, I mean, if I yeah, if I'm we're talking positively here, probably Fryermuth. Um, spoiler alert: I was even tinkering with Kenny Pickett at twelve at quarterback. I'm I'm buying into the Pittsburgh offense this year. Um, but you know, I've mentioned multiple times on this show. I, I listened to. Uh, moving the chains quite a bit. That's when I'm driving in my car on NFL radio. And those guys are pretty sharp and are pretty tuned in to what's going on at the NFL level. They do their camp tours and all that stuff. And um, they've been, I already liked Pickett, but they've been really ranting and raving. And they said, watch out. He's going to take a big step up. So I already liked Fairmouth. Now you're telling me that Pickett, should be, you know, what we expect to see in year two from a first round quarterback. And a lot of it, you know, it, it we start getting to this point where it's, you know, what guys can you find more warts on to bump under somebody? So that's kind of where he fell at eight for me. Yeah, I mean, I I'm a fan. You know, I Fryermuth, he's 12 for me. Um I, I wasn't gonna put him outside of my tight end one actually looking at this. He deserves to be above Laporta, who I have at 11. Um, I just don't think there's a lot of options in that Detroit passing offense. And Laporta just looks NFL ready to me, but he's also a rookie. So, you know, real time movement. I, w- I would bump Fryermuth up to uh, 11, put Fryer, put uh, Laporta down at 12. So I, I'm with you. I, I like him as a tight end. He's been productive over his first two years. You know, they do have viable weapons there. And, you know, to keep defenses honest in Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. So Fryermuth can roam the middle of the field with reckless abandon. I think he could be easily uh, a top eight tight end this year. So no argument there. I just, for me, uh, Njoku up at seven is one. And, and Kyle Pitts, which is, again, you don't have ranked in the top 12, which can't really argue against it. I mean, he's <laughs> he had a thousand yard, what, like one touchdown season as a rookie. And then he was underwhelming, albeit largely Marcus Mariota driven and then picked up an injury, which he's still reportedly recovering from wearing a sleeve in, in camp. And also can't argue, but just the talent is still there and there's just not a lot of options in that Atlanta offense. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to stay the course um, and not fade pits too far, but I wanted to focus on a because I think the Cleveland offense is going to explode this year. Uh, I like what they're what they're doing there. Mari Cooper, just veteran presence. I love Elijah Moore. They're moving him all around. And Joku, freaky athletic tight end that they finally paid. You know, focusing on Nick Chubb in the backfield, where if he's in the backfield, they're probably not dumping it down as much because whether they want to believe it or not, Nick Chubb's not like a 50-catch guy. I know he can be, but he's that's not how you want to win NFL games these days. So I think they're going to focus on pushing the ball down the field more. And Njoku would not shock me if he puts up an 8 or 10 touchdown season this year. Um, I'm really high on him. You have him at 10, so you're right you know, in that range. And then I guess the only other one or two to talk about is you have a Higby up at 6. I have Higby at 10. I, I think Higby's probably about the second target in the Rams offense. Um, he showed well last year quietly, and he has a rapport with Matt Stafford. So – I like where you're at at six. That's bold, 
Um, I thought I was, when I put him at 10, I thought I was pretty aggressive with him. I mean, he was number, he finished last year as number six. I, you know, I don't know how long this cup hamstring thing's going to linger, but we've seen wide receivers tweak the hamstring in camp. They give him a lot of time back and then they roll him out there in week one. He tweaks it again. And, you know, every once in a while, it's a thing that lingers. I mean, I'm not banking on it, but we've seen it enough that I'm willing to bump him up a spot or two if he needs, you know, breaks throughout the year. And, you know, we mentioned <laughs> we did the Rams breakdown. I mean, it's not the world's uh, greatest wide receiver room. So pretty much everything you said regarding um, – we, we're just talking about somebody else's uh, shitty okay. wide receivers and stuff. But oh. th- there's just not – oh, uh, oh that was down <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, and okay, yeah. and Laporta too. Right. But yeah, he, he's in that same kind of spot where he's he could be. He's probably number two on that team in targets. I mean, it's probably going to be Waller's one or two. Laporta being the only guy, with the exception of you know Amonra is going to get a ton of targets. But if he plays all year, he's probably going to be number two in targets also. So I mean, just wh- where he, what he has to compete with versus what and, and what we've seen historically i mean the even if he stinks he should volume his way into quite a bit of production last year tyler higby was fourth in tight end targets at 108 and he missed a game so oh boy I mean, above him was andrews who missed two games and somehow at 113 i do not remember that happening but i know andrews did get peppered in a few games without yeah, he had a day. couple of games monster yeah, games yeah um and then the top two hawkinson and kelsey both played 17 hawkinson had 129 targets last year mostly <laughs> with the minnesota vikings and then i think like one huge detroit game and then travis kelsey had 152 targets last year that is just bonkers. um but yeah so higby was there 108 targets is uh nothing to sneeze at so i'm, I'm there with you and yeah, i think he's you know whether it's matt stafford or stetson bennett you know tyler higby is gonna have you know, a, another tight end one year. And then you have Dallas Goddard at 11. I have him up at six. So might, might've wanted to talk about that. I just believe in the, the con, you know, consolidation is Eagles offense. <clears throat> Dallas Goddard can stay healthy this year. He's going to, he's going to threaten a thousand yards receiving um, in my opinion. And that's just at the tight end position worth it because they're not throwing to anyone else other than AJ Brown, uh, Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. You know, they, they can talk about throwing to the running backs all they want until I see it outside of a scrimmage. I'm not going to believe it. I don't care that, that Swift's there. I don't care that game was there. You know, when Hertz drops back to throw it, he's looking downfield and, and it's going to be these three guys in formation. So I'm a believer in Goddard. You have him at 11, you know, it just seems to support my belief. And then to round out our 12, you have Dolan Schultz at 12, which I was considering in Houston with CJ <clears throat> Stroud. I just went with Laporta. I just like the player and the fit in that offense. Um, and I think he can return a tight end one season, his rookie year. Neither of us, yeah. however, went with tight end one, Dalton Kincaid. No. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I love Laporta. He's my top tight end uh, in this class. But, you know, I get scared off by the rookie tight end thing. And for Schultz, you know, buying into the narrative, rookie quarterbacks like to lean on their tight ends. He's, you know, been a veteran in the league for several years now. His done it for fantasy for a couple of years. He was tight end 10 a year ago. You know, they're another, t- another team with a shitty wide receiver room. He could lead them in targets. I mean, nobody over there is demanding touches as of today. So felt like a comfortable guy at 12. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not opposed. Um, and realizing, I just thought about this. Dalton Schultz, a, a genius, just a financial genius, stays in the state of Texas. You know, everyone's talking about how he only took a one-year, $10 million deal with Houston. Well, he doesn't have to pay state income tax. No, so, sir. It, good for him. Just realizing the benefits for him. Yeah, sure, I'll just go move south and uh, bang 10 mil. Yeah, and so be it. I'm Dalton Schultz, motherfuckers. <laughs> All right. So off of those positions that have had to be adjusted for fantasy relevancy, right? I mean, in one QB leagues, no one cares about quarterback. In tight end leagues, if you don't get Kelsey, you probably don't care about tight end. I mean, Hawkinson and Andrews are, and even Kittle are probably going in, you know, the top five rounds, top <laughs> six rounds of any 12-team redraft. But, you know, I, I'm waiting at that point. So get me to the tight end premium and the, and the super flex leagues to, to pump up this value. But the bread and butter of fantasy football are the running back and the wide receiver positions. Which do you want to tackle first, Jonathan? Uh, let's just go running back. Okay. I, I was hovered over the running back. I don't know why I thought you were going to go tight end, but we are We're going to get into these running backs. And easiest way to go about this that I can see is we're not going to talk about Christian McCaffrey. We're not going to talk about Austin Eckler. We're not going to talk about Derrick Henry. We're not going to talk about Nick Chubb. We're not going to talk about Saquon. We're not going to talk about Bijan. Shit, we're not going to talk about Tony Pollard or Joe Mixon, apparently, because that is our top eight in some way, shape, or form. You have Austin Eckler at one, love it. You have Bijan at two, you have CMC at three. Kudos. I, I went CMC, Eckler, Bijan. So we both have the same top three, and then we have the same top eight. So we're just going to move through those guys. We just believe, you know, these are standalone, just superstars with little competition in their backfields. Um, I mean, Barkley has no one, Pollard has no one, Mixon currently has no one either. So I just think they're all just assumed volume plays. That's, that's why I push Mixon so high is that I'm not threatened by Travion Williams or Chris Evans or by Chase Brown. At all. If Mixon's healthy, he's seeing 20 touches. Again, I want to push him higher and we'll I talk about, about when we get to wide receivers I, too. But yeah. but yeah, this this mystery with Burrow really dings him for me because you know, if it is Trevor Simeon, let's say for four weeks, what are teams gonna do? Oh, they're gonna they're gonna stab Joe Mixon and double fucking Jamar Chase. So yeah, I'm pretty comfortable in Joe Cool. He's already running, they're already showing him with the the sleeve, just knee sleeve, just or whatever, calf sleeve, already running. Um, I don't know why he was out there in padded practice if he was already nursing a calf injury. He already had a sleeve on his leg when he aggravated it. What What are we doing here? Like, it, he can take another week. <laughs> like, Cincinnati, just do, just be better, Cincinnati. Don't, don't make us question things. We didn't even talk about Joe Barrow um, at the quarterback's spot. I, I bumped it down a couple of spots because of that cave injury because I think it's going to limit him a little oh, bit. He had a, he had a rough start to last year because of what it was the knee injury before he finally cut it loose and was a superstar uh, on the back half of the year. But, yeah, Mixon, I, I assuming have, I have Barrow. an eight. If he wasn't hurt, I'd probably put him four even ahead of Hurts. Yeah, I, I'm not going to go ahead of Hurts just because of the rushing upside, but he's he'd probably jump one or two spots uh, up for me. So Joe Mixon, eight for us. Then we're just going to bounce around a little bit. We both have Ramondre Stevenson in the top 12. We both have Jonathan Taylor in the top 12. Don't seem that scared about him not playing. I mean, he has no leverage. I mean, he's, he's going to play when it's all said and done. Where? I don't know, but he's going to play football this year. 
And I think these injuries are a little exacerbated. Believe like the the was it the non-football injury because it happened away from the the team with his back is you know that's a little cause for concern. But I just think that's gamesmanship with the Colts because then they can potentially not pay him and toll his year. I think is how it works. So now, I think that's their last card they can play in all this. There were a but- couple guys, T- Taylor and Jacobs in particular, and. Uh, Eckler to a lesser extent because he gets so much work in the passing game, even if he is a little banged up. I think he builds a nice cushion with the PPR side. But Taylor and Jacobs fell for me primarily because, with, with you know, they've both been very vocal about the contract stuff, treatment of running backs. If there are two guys in this top 30 who are likely to sprain an ankle and say, yeah, fuck it. I guess I'm out for three weeks. <laughs> it's them. So I, I bake that into the price. I don't think they're going to play through injuries like they would have uh, a year or two or three years ago. Yeah, this is going to be a super interesting case study to your point. Um, I don't think either guy's wired like that, but these this is business. It's getting played on the other side. You, you have I mean, to, look at Lamar. You know, look at Lamar last year. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, but he was really hurt, John. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, what everyone told us, he was really hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they mm-hmm. made the playoffs and he was still hurt. Yeah. He mm-hmm. wanted to come back, but he just couldn't practice. That, that's what we were told. Um, I, I don't disagree. It's a scary proposition right, with those guys. I think talent wise, they, they deserve to be in the top 12. I mean, Jacobs with all the work he got last year. I mean, I could, you know, even if it wasn't a contract situation, I could see, you know, him breaking down a little bit. Jonathan Taylor, all the town in the world, rookie quarterback, you know, you know, there's, there's a lot, you know, that could go wrong for him in Indy. Um, beyond that, I do want to say Aaron Jones for you at 12, me at 13. I love us. I do. I, I'm just Best. big fans of us. Um, I, I should have squeezed him up into that RB one territory. I still think he has one, maybe two more years left in him. He's just been highly productive on a per touch basis. Amazing. And I'm, not scared. I'm not scared of AJ Dillon. In the slightest bit, um, Aaron Jones is just amazing. Yeah, he is amazing. You know, he's he's showtime. We're both here for it. Fringy running back one, high end running back two, um, and it's all said and done. Then, well, we'll go with mine first. I have Brees Hall at ten. That's what pushed Aaron Jones down to thirteen. You have Brees Hall at fifteen. Is it knee injury related? Is it Dalvin Cook news related? Is it both? What's knee injury? I I don't, you know, the team doesn't sound like they're in a hurry to get him back. I think they're comfortable, even without Cook, if Cook ends up there. I think they're comfortable with the other guys they have in the backfield if they need to nurse him for five, six weeks into the season and just slowly get his feet wet. So, yeah, Dynasty, I have him way up at the top, but down here. Redraft, yeah, I, I, I don't know if we're going to get the full Brees Hall experience for more than 10 games this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe that's entirely possible. Um, he's still not practicing, even though it was, I'm pretty sure it was just an ACL, um, which that timeline's been you know shortened significantly um, you know, just with surgical enhancements. But my thought is if he plays, even if he misses the first like two or three weeks, 
I just what I saw from this kid last year and and an Aaron Rodgers slow paced offense that's going to want to run and check down like you just see we've seen the story before. I could just see Brees Hall on a per game basis being absolutely amazing when he does get back on the field and just through attrition, push himself sure. into the top 12 running backs. But 15 is a reasonable place to put him. Because, yeah, if you're just banking on a few lost games, best case scenario for him, I mean, shit could always go wrong. You know, the knee could act up or he could hurt himself again. Or, you know, Aaron Rodgers could be cooked and, you know, this team falls apart. Or they signed Alvin Cook, who plays a lot better than I think anyone expects at this point and steals too much work from him. There is a lot of... There is a lot of ifs with Brees Hall. I just, I'm, I'm banking on talent with him. Now, as far as banking on talent, you're, you're banking on opportunity. I'm assuming on number 13, Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison is 26 for me. This, this is probably, at least from my cursory look at where we're at a rank, it's our biggest discrepancy. Um, we, you, did take Alexander Madison in a startup that we share a few weeks back. Um, and full disclosure, I was not that keen on the pick when you told me that you made it because if he was that good, he would have eaten more off of Dalvin Cook's plate thus far. I think we're going to run head first into a committee um, in Minnesota this year. Could Alexander Madison finish as a running back 13? Yes. I think that's absolute best case scenario for Alexander Madison. I think he's more a running back two, three, which is right where I have him ranked. So I wasn't even considering him at that point in the rankings. Uh, experts consensus rankings for redraft have him at 19. So we, no, we split the baby. So yeah, we, we split the baby. I'm about six ahead. <laughs> you're about six below, but um, one, I liked the talent. I liked him coming out. Um, thought, thought he was, good football player. And I, I think I mentioned we did the, the Minnesota breakdown, you know, for years, especially in the dynasty community, everybody said, man, we got to get more work for this guy. He looks good when he's out there. So now he gets the job. And for some reason, everybody got cold feet. <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, I have cousins in my, in my top, uh, you know, QB one rankings. I have Matson at 13 and running back. I had Hawkinson two for tight ends, uh, preview spoiler alert i got two minnesota wide receivers in the top 30 also so i i'm banking on this offense i i like the i like the offense a year ago i mean they were, they were a 13 win team people think that they're going to regress quite a bit this year but i think a lot of that's on the defensive side of the ball which means they're going to get in shootouts and i i i do like this offense and i yeah, like the yeah, player i i agree i like the offense as well um i just <clears throat> I think we all liked Madison because we knew what he was going to be as a one-for-one replacement for Dalvin Cook when he got hurt. There wasn't really any better handcuff out there and the way that Minnesota uses their backs. It was just – it was a known commodity for him. This is just going to be super interesting to see what he does as, as the 1A. You know, and can he take it and run with it? Um, they didn't give him a ton of money, if I recall correctly. It's like two years, $7 million. You know, So he's getting – I guess it's it's good running back money. I guess it's hard running back money these days. But, you know, they also reportedly had a deal on the table for Dalvin to come back. Like, here, take it or leave it deal. You know, let us know type thing. They just want it. They don't want to get rid of Dalvin. They just didn't want to pay Dalvin what they were going to pay him. So it doesn't really show the commitment to to Madison. And and he signed real quick. So I don't know. His agent was like, dude, there's nothing better out there for you. Just, just, you like living in Minnesota? 
stake the deal. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you eke out a running back 13 season, but you know, we'll see on Madison. Going down from Madison, you, as you just highlighted, have Isaiah Pacheco as your running back 16. I have him running back 28. I One, I'm a little concerned that the offseason surgeries. Um, I know he's back practicing, but I don't think he's taking contact yet. It was a shoulder and I think a hand, finger, wrist, something like that. The way this dude runs, he the first thing that hits people is, is going to be his hands or his shoulders. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. So consider me a little concerned with his play style. Um, to be able to put up a high-end running back two season. Also, they re-signed Jarek McKinnon, who's going to be there. For better or worse, they still have CEH. And then Daenerik Prince is another guy who's just like a bigger version, Isaiah Pacheco, who's looking really good as well and seems to be a better potential pass catcher. I just don't trust KC running backs anymore. I think we might have already seen the best season from Isaiah Pacheco, um, and it scares me. So I've gone the opposite way. I, I am not going to let the Clyde Edwards Hilaire experience sour me on Andy Reid running backs. I'm going much like uh, Russell Wilson at quarterback. I'm going back to the well. You're going to have to prove me wrong uh, twice before I say, all right, I got to got to change what I'm doing here. So I, I, I liked him coming out, senior bowl guy, uh, loved the landing spot, finally got on the field towards the end of last year, looked great for the Chiefs to close out the season. So I'm – I'm hoping that it wasn't just a small game sample and we get a whole year of that. Okay. Hey, another one we will we will see on. Um, you're way too low on Jameer Gibbs. I have him at 17, you have him at 19. Yeah, so you just got to fix that Jameer Gibbs ranking. Well, real um, quick, I'll, I'll get into that quick. I have him at 19, but if you scroll down my list mm-hmm. at 27, I got Montgomery in there. I just think it's going to be more of a committee than we want to see. So it's not even – oh. It's, it, it is Listen. not a ding on him. It's not a, a good or bad thing. I, I just think they're going to eat off each other's plate a bit, and there's another tandem coming up that I, I think is in the same boat. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree. Montgomery was on my mind with, like, the last, like, <clears throat> five or six spots because I do believe he's an upgrade to Jamal Williams, and we know how successful Jamal Williams is in that role in this Detroit offense. Like, Gibbs can get the DeAndre Swift role and there still be plenty left for David Montgomery to post an RB 27 season. I don't disagree, but just the touchdown rate and all those one yard touchdowns that Jamal Williams got next year. I just don't know that Montgomery's going to fall into those. So um, it's, that's, that's my concern with Monty, but I guess if I don't have him there, I should probably have Gibbs a little bit higher and then bouncing around a little bit. There's one guy I've already skipped down past mine. My running back 14 cam Akers. You, you do not have cam Akers in your top 30. Is that a mistake or is that intentional? He's right around that 30 range. No, I don't. Okay. There's no I, one in LA. You're right, and there was nobody a year ago, and they didn't want to give it to him until literally they had to put him on the field. I mean, they they were they were he was a healthy scratch at some points earlier in the year. I I think, like you said, there's nobody there. He may just volume his way into you know low end running back too, so he could be a little higher than this thirty spot. But I just don't. You know, we've talked about it before. I don't like this offense. If Stafford stinks and, and you know, gets banged up again, if, if Cooper Cup's kind of 
limping throughout the year. They're not He's the one they're going to, you know, the running game's what's going to suffer. So I, I, I just not a fan. And, and that's why I was high on uh, Evans too going there. Cause I don't think the team even likes acres. If Evans shows fucking anything, they're going to hand him the job. Have you heard peep about Zach Evans yet? Nope. <laughs> He's not a fucking a, ghost. Not a blessed thing. I mean, I'm pretty sure the only thing I've ever heard is that Kyron Williams is clearly the backup. That that that's what I've uh that's what I've heard. I mean, I'm watching a little uh snippet here. And, like and you know, Waldman we mentioned special. all all the all the updates of Zach Evans are from Matt Waldman right now, where I guess he's breaking down film of their preseason game. But. And we mentioned too, you know, how much we think the Rams are going to suck this year. And it's not like Akers is Eckler coming out of the backfield where he's going to do a lot in the passing game to kind of make up for that. They're going to be trailing. He's not, I, I don't see him as the guy in the backfield when they're down fucking 30, which they will be at points in the <laughs> season. So I, I, I think everything's working against him. I, I have quite a few shares of Cam Akers. So it'd be, be nice if I was wrong, but I'm not, my expectations are very low. Okay. Yeah. Zach Evans turned eight, eight rushes into 34 yards, 4.2 average long of nine. So he was just churning out a couple yards here and there. He didn't see a target in the past game, but you know, that was with a non Matt Stafford offense as they got waxed by the LA chargers um, in that ugly stadium of theirs. But yeah, I just, I think Cam's going to get all he can eat. This is his last year with the team. You now they seem to iron out their issues. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of work. Yeah, so it did surprise me not to see him on your list. Um, from there, uh, some other omissions, one side or the other. Um, you have no James Cook in your top 30. I had to find him. I had to get him into the top 24, and he's 24 for me because I'm not buying uh, Harris or uh, Mary being significant contributors to this offense. Um, I think James Cook will get every opportunity to be a thousand all purpose yard and like eight touchdown type player. And if that's the case, he he'll be a top 24 running back when it's all said and done. You have no Buffalo bills in your top 30. Yeah. I could have squeezed him a little higher. My, my thought process on process on that was kind of similar to you with Madison, not pushing coincidentally <laughs> his brother for more work, you know, James Cook couldn't take the job from Devin Singletary. Like, what? No, I'm going to give him the rookie excuse. Just leave. I, I mean, it's certainly possible. And 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 you know, reviews on him out of camp have been glowing. They did bring in those other guys you already mentioned, who who I think are unfortunately going to get a lot of work. I probably should have had him in my top thirty if I were to squeeze him in there. I'm not, I'm looking now who I'd have to start bumping out, but. Yeah, I need to see a little more before I'm comfortable. But yeah, he should probably be in that top. Okay, oh, I appreciate that. Well, there's two more I wanted to focus on. One are the Jaguars running backs. Okay, I have Travis Etienne as running back 16. You have Travis Etienne as running back 26, and Tank Bigsby, rookie Tank Bigsby, as running back 28. Are you just thinking this is a is a RBBC, and they both have I their think- strengths and weaknesses in this offense? So let's force them in the top 30. I think at the end of the year, this is clearly Bigsby's job. I think Ooh. this. Uh, I think we see a little 
more ATN to start the year with splashes of Bigsby. But I think when we're getting towards playoff time, this is all Bigsby all the time. You know, new coaching staff, ATN wasn't drafted by the, the staff that's there. Bigsby was tons of, you know, what I've heard from Bigsby stuff coming out of campus. He looks great. ATN might be the passing guy, but I see Bigsby getting a shit ton of touchdowns. He's not terrible in the passing game. I, I think he's the better running back than ATN. Listen, I, I'm a Tank Bigsby guy. Um, I, I do think they needed to do something in that Jacksonville backfield um, to get some depth. Uh, that's why you know they re-signed Michael Hasty. They brought in um, Dearness Johnson, signing Tank Bigsby. You know, drafting Tank Bigsby, I think, is his good value. I mean, I do think it knocks Etienne. I mean, that's why he, he's down to 16 for me, behind like the Cam Akers, Miles Sanders role. But I just don't think Bigsby's going to get enough this year to cause that type of drop from Etienne and, and you know, top 30 finish from Bigsby. I think Bigsby's a top 40 running back. Top 30, I thought, was, was a little rich. And then lastly, well, I guess maybe I guess we got to do two more. One. Seattle running backs, you have Charbonnet ranked, and you do not have Kenneth Walker ranked. I have Kenneth Walker ranked. I do not have Zach Charbonnet ranked. Is this because you hate Kenneth Walker? Is this because of Kenneth Walker's injury? Is this because Zach Charbonnet laid a couple people out in his brief uh, showing in the preseason game? Where is this coming from? I think Charbonnet has already taken Walker's job. I mean, look, the, I, I hope the, so. I mean, as someone who just was not a Kenneth Walker believer um, and really liked Charbonnet, this would this would be welcome news for me. I just I think it's going to be so ugly, this backfield. Look, the, the team took Charbonnet with what, early third round? Second round. Uh, second round pick. They were both second round picks. They were both within like five picks of each other, I think. So you're not – and Seattle's done this before – they're not stupid. They didn't go back to the well for a guy they weren't going to use. Charbonnet's already the better pass catcher than Walker. So he's got that right. job. Walker can't stay healthy. He's already fucking banged up and can't get. When they were both hurt at the same time, all the rumors were, well, Walker's going to get out there before Charbonnet. And Charbonnet didn't barely miss. I think he missed four days. And then he came back and Walker's still, you know, kind of nursing this thing. So. I don't think Walker can stay healthy. I don't hate him. I like the player, but I think the more Charbonnet gets out there, I think as he gets his legs on him at the NFL level, Seattle doesn't mind drafting these running backs and using them. They didn't, they didn't draft Charbonnet to do nothing. And they know they needed the insurance for when Walker eventually gets banged up again. And I just don't see Charbonnet giving up meaningful touches whenever Walker is back on the field. So I, I, when I was looking at uh, the consensus rankings online, I had him full. I was like, these should be backwards. So I have Walker kind of down where most people had Charbonnet, which was around 40. Yeah. I mean, I, this is one I I'd be okay being wrong with because I, I do also think Charbonnet is more of the new age NFL running back. Like Kenneth Walker's not a good pass catcher and he's a boomer bus running back, which it's nice when you see him break off a 50 yard run, but then watch what he does. Like the next five runs in between where he like loses two yards, gains one yard, gains one yard, loses four yards, gains three yards. Like, I don't think that's what any team really wants out of their running back. So if it switched where Charbonnet was like the lead back and then Kenneth Walker was like the change of pace spell back, I wouldn't be the slightest bit surprised 
They gave day two draft capital to both of these guys. They knew they had issues last year in their backfield. They lost Rashad Penny, who was having a great start to the year um, before he got injured after five weeks. And then I think they lost various running backs, if I'm not mistaken, throughout the year. Kenneth oh, yeah. Walker missed two games himself. Travis Homer missed seven games. Um who else? DJ Dallas missed two games. Like, yeah, they were struggling. They brought in Tony Jones at one point. So they didn't want that problem again because Pete Carroll wants to establish still. So <laughs> I think they're overcorrecting their problem, and I think it's going to be to both their detriment. I hope you're right and I'm wrong here. That's that's so we'll leave it at that. Lastly, before we go on to receivers, it's let's touch on these Eagles. Bottom of our list right now, we have you have Kenneth Gamewell at running back 29. I slotted DeAndre Swift in at running back 30. Um, you can only be believing these reports about Gamewell being the clear starter and then not being active on preseason week one, right? There's, there can be no uh, nothing else substantiating this ranking than that. That is the number one factor. But if we go back in time a bit here, we both liked Gainwell coming out. Did, didn't uh... – you know, unfortunately, didn't have the world's uh, greatest combine, didn't love some of the measurements we got from him. But he's played well when Philly's giving given him some work. Um, you have Swift at 30. Swift is my least favorite of the three. I, I, I like uh, Gainwell the most. I like. Huh? He's like, he's actually mine as well, but it's not going to change my, my record. <laughs> yeah, I, I see. I see Gainwell and Penny getting more work than Swift. I, I, you know, this is all just making a prediction could be totally wrong. And Swift could be what everybody wanted to be in Detroit. But um, yeah, I, I based on all I can base it on now is what, what we're hearing and what we've seen so far. And I, I think Gainwell, if he is truly the lead back and Philly is indicating that is the case as of today, I, I like him the most of the three. All right, so Philly area reporter checking in here as far as all the shit <laughs> I'm seeing on Twitter, okay? Kenny Gainwell is going to his third year on the team. He has an understanding of the system. That is literally why he did not dress to play week one and why we saw the other guys who didn't play for this team last year get the majority of the work. I mean, it's just – that is just makes too much sense to really refute – Kenny Gamble also is by far the smallest of the three of those guys. Profiles more as a change of pace, two-minute drill, pass-catching back, which still is not a product of this offense. I know they're saying in camp that this is like they're evolving. I'll fucking believe it when I see it. They still have two wide receiver ones on the outside and Dallas Goddard inside. How many passes are going to these running backs? I just don't see Gamewell getting enough work to return this. Kenny Gamewell somehow had less carries last year in this offense than he did the year prior, and he played in one more game. So, I mean, is it because what he did in the postseason? Like, he's he's gotten less opportunity year over year in this offense. He went from 50 targets in 2021 to 29 targets in 2022. He, he's being relegated for what, Miles Sanders last year? And now they bring in Swift and Penny, and now Kenny Gamewell is the, the unquestioned starter on this team. I just, I'm not buying this shit for a second. <laughs> if Rashad Penny, you told me, plays 15 games this year, I'd have him in the top 24. Easy on this list. I, I think he's the most talented runner on the team. I still think that's the role of the back in this offense is to 
run. <laughs> so Gainwell and Swift kind of get marginalized a little bit. If I'm picking between those two, I'm going to go with the player in DeAndre Swift who's slightly bigger and has been more productive on a per touch basis than Kenny Gainwell has in the NFL. That's just where I'm on, on those two. I mean, I think Kenny Gainwell's fine. He's like a flexy type guy. He'd probably be in my top 40, but I, I'm not, I, I'm not wrecking Kenny Gainwell over either of those two guys. I think I would have Penny 31 or 32 now that I'm looking at it. But, you know, the, the problem with, with this Philly backfield, just like we said with the, the, the two guys in Detroit, the two guys in Seattle, the two guys in Jacksonville, we got three guys in Philly, and they're going to all be involved, maybe, you know, different weeks a little more than others. Oh, 100%. It's going to be ugly. Yeah, it, it, it's, yeah. So it's kind of pick your poison. Which guy do you think? you know, ends up scoring the most fantasy points at the end of the day. I don't think Gainwell's the best at anything, <laughs> but I think, you know, the, the totality of, of pieces and parts and scheme and how they'll use them. I, I, I think he could lead them in fantasy points, but yeah, I, I don't have him much ahead of Penny and Swift and then, yeah, I mean, listen, scrolling I, over some names, he's probably another five behind them. So, I mean, yeah, we have, I mean, it's, it's, I got tell all me three who plays guys. the most games. That's probably who scores the most points sure. in, in this offense, you know. And I think talent wise, Penny is the best, and then Swift and then Gamewell from a talent perspective, and just given their skill sets, how it plays. I mean, let's, let's understand Nick Sirianni has been head coach the entirety of Kenneth Gamewell's career in Philadelphia. It's not like there's a coaching change or some shit. No, I mean, year over year, Nick Sirianni was a head coach and they used Kenny Gamewell less. You know, and both years, Miles Sanders was his primary competition, a guy who's not a pass catcher in, in the offense. I mean, it, I just I'm not really understanding why people are like, well, it's year three and now there's no Miles Sanders. So it's Kenny Gamewell season. And it's like, well, they went overcorrected. They brought in two backs, you know, both cheap, but it's because you don't pay running backs anymore. You know, that profile more as starting running backs than a Kenneth Gamewell does. Kenneth Gamewell has a role in, on this team. Love to have that. Love, love the player here, but I just don't, you know, he had, what do you have? He had how many touches did he have last year? He had 76 touches last year in 17 games. He will have under hundred touches this year. That, that's my goal. But all for that. So bad. I'm just, I'm seeing all this Kenny game shit and it's just frustrating me because it's <laughs> like, all right, he sat out preseason week one. It's like, okay, let's just scroll like the list of everyone who didn't play in week one and just anoint them. You know, and let's not look at any rationale as to why, but yeah. DeAndre Swift looked good in his limited action and Penny looked leaner, which I think is a good thing. Um, didn't really look as explosive, but looked leaner. I'm excited to see if they actually play him in them two in preseason week two, you know, to see what comes of that. But we are now an hour in and we're just getting to the wide receiver position. So let's move to the wide receiver position. You had already spoiled. You didn't say that you had him at one, but Justin Jefferson is both our consensus wide receiver one. A little bit of a difference in two through four, but still the same players. Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase for you. Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup for me. So both had Hill at three. We flip-flop Cup and Chase. I'm assuming maybe a slight Chase fade for you because of the Barrow injury. For me, the Cooper Cup injury is actually what pushed him down to four for me. So, I, you know, it's splitting hairs. They're, they're high-end wide receiver ones. I but- had him – I had Cup lower, and then I was just thinking about – any competition, if he even if he misses four games, let's just say, and he plays 13, he's gonna still have 130 fucking targets. 
So like to me, the volume's going to be there barring a, you know, half a season miss. If he's out there, he's going to just get peppered because there's no one else. Whereas even if Burrow comes out and plays, there's enough other pieces in this Cincy offense that Chase could, you know, not see a, obviously he's in the conversation for wide receiver one overall four isn't egregious, but I, I could make a case where even missing time cup gets just an obscene amount of work. Yeah. I mean, Cooper cup was one target shy of averaging 11 targets per game uh, <laughs> last year. If he plays 70 games, that's a 187 that yes, that is murder targets. That's what we're talking about. He's murdering <laughs> the league in targets. If he gets that, and there's no reason to believe he won't get that because outside of him and Higby, yeah, I mean, what are you trying to Puka Nakua, Van Jefferson, Ben Skoranek? I mean, really? This is what we're doing? Yeah, the, the backfield that neither of us apparently like. You know, who, who's getting the ball? I mean, it's going to be, you know, Stafford to Cooper Cup, mind meld. I mean, he could get more than 11 targets per game. Wouldn't shock me at all. Both have CeeDee Lamb at five. Nothing to see here. You have Garrett Wilson at six. I have Garrett Wilson all the way down at nine. Nothing really to talk about. I just, I'm just not really, I don't think he's going to get the volume that everyone wants. I think Aaron Rodgers slows the shit out of this offense. And, you know, so while he'll be efficient, he's not going to be Devontae Adams. I just don't, I just don't see it this year. So I still think he's a a, a quarter, uh, still think he's a wide receiver one. I just don't think he's six. I have AJ Brown above him. I have Steph Diggs above him. You have Steph Diggs right behind him at seven. You have AJ Brown at eight. So no real discrepancy there. I have finally bit the bullet and put him on Ross St. Brown at eight. You have him all the way down at 10. I can't believe we've got here kicking and screaming literally the it's entire the, way. The hardest ranking in history. <laughs> it, it's painful. Um, it, it is. I mean, he's, he's proven us wrong for two years now, right? So now we're going to rank him as a wide receiver one and what's going to happen. Man, he's going to, he's going to fall flat on his face. Right. He is who we think he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the guy's obviously a target vacuum. I don't, I, I just think he's a slot guy. That's just what my concern is and has always been with him. I just don't know that he's really ever going to win on the outside. Um, and with Sam Laporta there and with Jamal Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs there, and eventually maybe with uh, Jameson Williams there, I, I just think we've seen peak target Amon Ross St. Brown um, is my concern, but I can't. I, I can't ignore production any further. So that's all we're going to say about Amon Ross St. Brown, and we're just going to move on. You have DK Metcalf at nine. I have DK Metcalf down at 19. Um, you know, Tyler Lock is still there. Jackson Smith and Jigba's there. Um, they still have the tight ends. They're, we're just talking about two running backs that they're going to want to utilize. I just have concerns. DK Metcalf is going to have to get there on touchdowns. Um and I have a little bit of concern. I, he's not a wide receiver one for me anymore. I'm probably a little low on him at 19, um, but I am concerned um, uh, as far as his true upside is concerned. What what makes you so comfortable putting him at wide receiver nine? Somebody wrote something that I read the other day about you know who who is going to be the next wide receiver one, and they gave you know the previous wide receiver ones. You know how they do those stats, you know, trends where, you know, the, the previous four seasons, he was finished as a wide receiver one. He had this many targets within one of those. Anyway, Metcalf was one of the guys on the list. So that was fresh in my head as I was doing that. The other guys are, are, are I believe, all ahead of him already. Um, 
so part of me was like, okay, I got to bump him a little bit higher because I haven't been the world's biggest Metcalf fan. But, you know, this whole Seattle offense surprised me a year ago. Lockett, although still there, is I think 31 now. So at some point, he does have to start slowing down a bit. And, you know, it, those factors combine. And I think, you know, if Metcalf keeps progressing, being the wide receiver he's been, I think a nine, I think top 10, top 12 is a, is a reasonable finish. I mean, when we get in this 9, 10, 11, 12 range, you know, you could shuffle these guys however you want, really. But so I, I squeezed him at nine because I certainly wasn't going to put Amon Ra ahead of him. <laughs> yeah, that, that, listen, fair enough. Yeah, you know, you know, fine rationale, in my opinion. Devontae Adams, you have a 12, I have at 10, and it's literally just because he, he's it's Devontae Adams, right? I mean, it's just, you know, at a certain point, you just, there's, there's a, there's a floor that he's just got to hit. And yeah, you know, yeah. Albeit his first 17 game season, he saw the most targets of his career, had the second most yards of his career, and had the second most touchdowns of his career last year in Las Vegas. I mean, it's, you know, you, we can't say it was Aaron Rodgers anymore. I mean, this dude's guaranteed volume. He's getting over 150 targets. He's had 148, 169, and 180 targets his last three seasons. He's as good of a lock for 160 targets this year as literally anybody in the NFL. And if he gets it, he's going to be a wide receiver one. It doesn't matter if it's Jimmy I don't, G, I don't, and it may be Brian Hoyer, that, and then ultimately Aiden O'Connell. It doesn't matter. He's going to be a wide receiver See, one. That, that's where – like, uh, Oakland might – oh, Jesus. Las Vegas yeah. might be so fucking bad that they might not – like, their offense might not run enough plays, right? Like – I, I think they're terrible. So if oh, they're terrible agree. in my head with Garoppolo, and like you already mentioned, Aiden O'Connell and and Hoyer possibly scratch, possibly likely getting in there at some point this year. <laughs> I just don't know if the Raiders run enough plays where he's going to need you know a fucking sixty percent target share, which is certainly possible, but. but ooh. Like you said, you you can't keep him out of that top twelve, but there's enough to be like, ooh, this could be the oh, cliff. That's scary hours, and he doesn't want to be there. I mean, either but, <laughs> no, not I mean, at all. Way, they also way overpaid him. What do you think was happening? You think they were just keep Derek Carr around and win a Super Bowl in Las Vegas? I mean, give me give me a break. He he went for the money um, at the end of the day, and this is this is what you get. Enjoy three wins in Las Vegas this year. Um, fun fact: Cooper Cup's middle name is Douglas. Cooper Douglas Cup. I found that as interesting when I was just a looking at me. And you've put so much colors on this spreadsheet that I think I just had a seizure as I'm looking <laughs> through this thing. So well, no, there was two. There were too many differences, so I had to <laughs> highlight the two di- the differences. Clearly. All right. So when we get out of the ones, you know, we'll start focusing on some differences. So Keenan Allen, you have a 13. I have all the way down to 22, and I don't like it. Um, I'm a little scared of his age and injury, um, but in a PPR world. I can easily see him threatening to be a wide receiver one. There's just upside in the guys I have above him, which is why I have him down where I do. And I do think Quentin Johnson's going to eat a little bit off of him and Mike Williams' plate when it's all said and done. So I just don't think the high target upside is there um, for Keenan Allen. I think Mike Williams have to get hurt. Quentin Johnson would have to fall on his face type thing for Keenan Allen to be able to put up a uh, wide receiver 13 type season. Mike Williams will get hurt. Uh, fact, <laughs> Keenan Allen likely will get hurt too at this point. So I, I don't, I can't disagree with that sound 
bulletproof argument at this point in time. <laughs> Mike Williams will miss time. You know, it's just, it's inevitable. He, he's Thanos. <laughs> he's just inevitable. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he has not played a full NFL. Yeah, he did his second year. He actually played 16 games, but he doesn't miss as many as people think though. 15, 15, 16, 13. He actually missed the most games in the last four years this past season. But he's, We've talked about this before. He's one of those fucking guys that dress and plays three snaps. It, it's yeah, worse. Yeah. It's worse yeah, than missing games. Oh yeah, yeah. He's just yeah. He's he's keeping defenses honest on the outside. You know, <laughs> running decoy routes. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. So that could happen. And I guess that's your your theory behind Keenan Allen and that Quentin Johnson's not ready. You know, or just can't play beside that Keenan Allen's going to get just peppered with targets in this offense. Yeah, I think. I mean, I've always been a Keenan Allen fan. I can say it. It, 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 Love him too. I this is one I'll gladly be wrong about. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm obviously banking him and being out there and with my, you know, high Herbert ranking, he seems to be the beneficiary of that in my mind. Okay. Yeah. Um, For those if you're not hearing some names of guys, you're like, wow, why aren't you talking about this guy? It's because John and I are just ridiculously close in where we rank these guys. So I'll throw this up on the forties Twitter handle um, by position. So you can see where each of us are when, when this is said and done, we're just talking more about discrepancies here or, or differences you know, and, and why we're there. So after that, you have Debo Samuel at 16. I have him at 24. Um, I'm concerned with the quarterback position at San Fran. I'm concerned that we've already easily seen Debo's best season. Um, the, talent that they have there i just don't think they need to scheme for him as much as they had in years past but cmc and ben Ayuk and kittle and debo and maybe elijah mitchell and you know who's you know is it brock purdy under center who i think could you know come crashing down to earth this year because it's not trey lance i mean i already said on a previous podcast that i think sam darnold could make meaningful starts for the 49ers this year and I'm, i'm still there but i just think you you limit Debo's rushing production. I don't think he can get to wide receiver 16. And and I know he had like immense wide receiver production, like the back half of that year, but the rushing still happened. And I just don't think, yeah, I just don't think he's going to get the targets necessary to be able to threaten to be a uh, high end wide receiver too. Yeah, and I think one of the things playing into our difference in his ranking is, uh, spoiler alert, you got Ayuk at 21, who I don't have ranked in my top 30. I'm not fully there on him. So I think Debo is going going to demand more targets in the passing game than other people in the fantasy community think. So I don't think Ayuk necessarily... Well, I don't have him in the top 30. So I think a lot of that work's going to Debo. And I think as long as he stays healthy, he's their clear wide receiver one. But much like you said, the quarterback situation, boy, it gives me some some definite pause here. If you told me we're going to get, you know, seven games of Darnold, seven games of uh, Purdy, and three games with uh, Trey Lance, I'm happily <laughs> bumping him down. To like number 31. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't want to just stay on Debo, but it, it just took me to his his pro football reference page just to verify like the 21 season where he had that just tremendous 
1700 yard 14 touchdown season you know that we're all just clamoring for but just let me show you tell you the stats for his other four nfl seasons his rookie year very good 961 yards and six touchdowns his second year in 2020 where yes he, he got hurt only played seven games he had 417 yards and one touchdown in seven games. Then last year, which again, he said, you know, he wasn't as healthiest. He did play 13 games still. He had 864 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, it, the outlier is the huge season. I mean, the season where he averaged 18.2 yards per reception on 121 targets. His other three years, yards per reception, he was 14.1 as a rookie. His other two years, he was 11.3 and 11.8. Again, the, the 2021, the 21 season is the outlier in his entire career. And it just also happens to be the year where he had 59 carries and scored eight rushing touchdowns. I mean, it's just, you know, and he, what do you average? Uh, I mean, 906 off the top of my head, rough math here is 126, if I'm not mistaken. That's probably in the wide receiver 16 territory, isn't it? No. My way no. off? You think 57 receptions for 802 yards? Oh, I didn't even count the receptions. I just did the yards yeah. in the... Oh. Yeah, I mean, I can I can go look back real quick and tell you in, in 2019 where he ended up. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm one or two clicks away from figuring that out but yeah i mean that was his rookie year i mean that was a a pretty long time ago so in ppr that was good for wide receiver 31 that year Hmm. okay and that was at 189.1 points 12.6 points per game across his 15 games yeah, I mean, it's just I am terrified. I have Debo Samuel in a few spots, and I'm just like, why the fuck didn't I sell him in 2021? Like, what's wrong with me? I I just I know better than this. Well, because you're and, thinking if he's going to continue to get – if he continued to get the running work in – But you just know uh, that's not sustainable sh- for a wide receiver. You just know it. I mean, it's, uh, who, I, if it was – you could sell me if it was, let's just pick a name off, Jerry Judy. If Jerry Judy had some fluke running year. Debo's built like a running back and is a yards after the catch guy. If there's anybody on this list who could do it regularly, he's the one to pick. Now, I'm not saying you're not totally right. You're absolutely correct in your assessment. I'm just saying there's the case to be made was he's – a running and receiving weapon in a Shanahan offense, you could paint the narrative in your mind where this can continue indefinitely. Yeah. But I mean, yes, I, I agree yeah. with you. It's, we should have fucking sold him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's had 14 of his 26 touchdowns and roughly 1800 of his 4,000 yards in, in that one season. Um, uh, of his career. So it's, it's unfortunate because I, yeah, I love the player, love watching him play. I'd want him on my team in the NFL. I'm just concerned that there's not a world where he's going to return that value. And yes, I'm higher on, and on Ayuk. Yeah. I have Ayuk at 21. You don't have ranked. I think Ayuk is literally the wide receiver one on that team. Debo Samuel is like the gadget guy who's unbelievably talented, but I there's no argument, in my opinion, that Brandon Eugster, wide receiver one. On the outside, beat coverage, earn targets. You know, Debozy, like you said, yards after catch, underneath guy, manufacturer type touches, player. And I just, without all that rushing upside, I just, I can see that ending poorly. So, 
Off of Debo, kind of touched on Ayuk when you're not having ranked. Higgins, Ridley, you have highlighted for me at 14-15. You have Higgins and Ridley at 23-24. Pick one of those guys and tell me why you're roughly 10 spots lower. I, I can do them both quick. Higgins, just <laughs> he's getting the bump down because I'm bumping all the Cincy guys down because of Burrow. So that's easy. And Ridley, I, I was never a big Ridley fan. The only reason I even have him this high is because I think Lawrence takes another step up and he is their new wide receiver one. So... I, I don't even like having him this high, but, you know, read the tea leaves. He's got Trevor Lawrence as his quarterback. He is the wide receiver one for that team. I don't know where I would put Ridley if we're talking dynasty, but for, for redraft, low-end wide receiver two, I'm very comfortable there. I mean, even where you have him at 15, if a draft shook out this way and that's where he was, you could do worse. I mean, I do get the upside, but I just have never been a fan of, we haven't seen him for a year. Who knows how long it's going to take him to, you know, get back into playing football mode with his body and everything. So it'll just be interesting to see how it plays out. But I, I totally get the upside. Yeah, I mean, the fact you don't even have Christian Kirk in your top 30 and that you, you can only get a Jacksonville wide receiver up to 24 when you have Trevor Lawrence so high is surprising to me. I have Christian Kirk at 27. I think they're both going to be productive. You know, Ridley, a high-end running a wide receiver two, and Kirk, a high-end wide receiver three. Yeah, I, I get it. And there's there's an, another duo I may touch on here. But, I, I mean, we said this when we were doing the – looking at, like, dynasty rankings and drafts earlier, too. It's like, if I believe in Lawrence, I have to either – or I think Ingram just fucking explodes again. So Someone has to be the beneficiary if you like these quarterbacks and same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talked about all the Atlanta players being ranked so high, but Ritter being in the bottom of QBs, like that can't happen. All these guys can't be, can't have a top running back, wide receiver, and tight end and not drag the quarterback with them. So, well, you fixed that in a perfect segue because I have Drake London as wide receiver <laughs> 20 and you do not have him ranked. And that was after, listen, we already talked about the tight end position where you did not have Kyle Pitts in your top 12. So you are really sticking to this opinion that if, the quarterback doesn't get there and no one believes he does. Then how do these players get there? Mine is just consolidation of targets. I think those three guys are roughly going to see 75% of the opportunity share in that offense with a little bit of quarter L Patterson, Tyler Algier, and maybe Matt Collins, 2%. I don't know. Uh, I think they're going to get all the opportunity in this offense. So I'm believing in Drake uh, London as a, you know, mid low, Wide receiver too. I understand why you don't have him ranked there, so I don't think we need to belabor London, but I just thought it was a good pivot point. Two more I did want to talk about. Tampa Bay, you have Godwin 20, Mike Evans 21. I do not have Mike Evans in my top 30, which could be a blind spot for me. The dude's posted like nine straight thousand-yard seasons. He's obviously a Hall of Famer at this point in his career. Baker Mayfield's not the worst quarterback that's ever you know set foot on the field, but I'm just down on this offense as a whole. Chris Godwin, who I love, I have as wide receiver 25, top end wide receiver three, and I do not have Mike Evans at all. I just don't think they're going to want to pass enough. I think, and I think they can get away with running and clock management enough that you're just not going to see either of these guys really get there. And of the two, it's Godwin who's going to run the shorter stuff that Baker Mayfield is going to be comfortable with. I know we just saw like a practice deep bomb from Baker to Mike Evans. I just don't see that happening in the game. And if it doesn't, Mike Evans isn't beating people up underneath. He's just not. It was it was a tough one to squeeze both of them in. And and kind of where I went was Mike Evans has just done it 
year in and year out. It's like, what am I betting against here? And the, the other thing, though, too, with both of them being ranked this high and in the top 30 was that this team couldn't score a year ago. And then they got rid of Tom Brady. It's like, well, what? <laughs> how, if you couldn't score last year and you got rid of the arguably greatest quarterback of all time, what are you going to do now to start scoring? So I, I, I don't know if they're going to, you know, address that scheme wise or something. I, I am a bit worried about this uh, two Tampas at 20 and 21. So, well, uh, you Evans should be there. What yeah. sticks out for me with Mike Evans, because it single-handedly cost me a league championship last year, is that Mike Evans had 10 catches for 207 yards and three touchdowns in week 16 against Carolina before not playing the last week of the season. So let's let's just take that out of his final stat line. Mike Evans had 67 catches for 917 yards and three touchdowns across the other 14 games of his season. That one game literally changed everything as far as how Mm -hmm. people still view Mike Evans. And like I said, lost me a a championship I should have coasted to him. I got him and Daniel Jones in that week and I will never ever forget it or forgive Mike (laughs) Evans for doing that because it was largely unnecessary and it was an outlier to his season. Let me just the, Chris, he had, a, he had a decent game against Baltimore in week eight, right? So let me read you his stat lines from, from week nine through that massive game. Five for 40, five for 54, two for 31, four for 59, four for 44, five for 83, three Ugh. for 29. No touchdowns. Gross. The dude shouldn't even have been in the starting lineup of the guy I played against that week. That's how you justify that. I mean, that's just purely like starting on name alone. That guy yeah. did not deserve to be in a starting lineup on championship, or, or how that guy even got to the championship. But it happened, and I just that game is not a reality for Mike Evans this year. I, I think he's going to get his first nine thousand yard season. I think that bubble's bursting on him, and I think he could end up with like seven hundred and fifty yards and three touchdowns this year. Uh, not at all shocked if, if that were the outcome for Mike Evans, who's also a about to be 30, turns 30 on August 21st. Happy, you know, soon to be birthday. Big bodied, you know, outside contested catch guy with a Baker Mayfield, you know, and Kyle Trask Hydra at quarterback. Not me. <laughs> not, not me on Mike Evans. Um, no, I get it. Look, I, I, I think we both might be too high on fucking Godwin. I mean, and you have Godwin at 25. They're, they're, yeah, listen, I, I just think he's going to get volume. There's a PPR world. I, I, I see a, pay, a clear path to targets and receptions. I just don't see the upside for Godwin either. That's why I don't. I have him outside the, t- you know, the wide receiver too. Space, uh, I think he'll be a good flex, but I just don't see the upside for either one of those receivers this year. I, I don't. Beyond them, got a couple more highlights here, and then we'll get out of here. We're running a little long, but this is our redraft primer, so we got to get it in, right? So you you were kind enough to highlight a couple more guys. I already referenced Christian Kirk in my Jacksonville thing, so we're not going to talk about him. So I'll tie two in on our side. I have Jahan Dodson at wide receiver 28. I have Terry McLaurin at wide receiver 29. You also have Terry McLaurin at wide receiver 29, but no Jahan Dodson. Let me ask you the question. How do you have Terry McLaurin so low if you don't have Jahan Dodson in your top three? You're a Terry McLaurin I, I, guy. 
<laughs> and you have the same. No, I think Datsun's like 31, 32 for me. He just okay. didn't make the cut at 30. He was I right was with us. To see that when you're not, you know, me, I have Terry McCorn down there because I think that John Dotson moves past him this year. I think John Dotson is more of a touchdown threat. Listen, if if I was not a Terry McLaurin (laughs) truther from day one, a very strong case can be made for Dotson being ahead of him. Like I said, it's you have them next to each other in your rankings. I was pretty damn close to doing it, but I, I do love me some. Spoiler alert, George Pickens, who I have at 30, which you don't. But, yeah, McCorn's probably – or I'm sorry, uh, Dotson's probably going to be 31 or 32 for me. So we're kind of right there in that same range with both of them. Yeah, and a good pivot onto the George Pickens, right, who you have at 30. I have Deontay Johnson at 30, who you have all the way up at 18. That's my top Pittsburgh guy. I'm too low on Deontay Johnson. I I need to get him up higher than that. I mean, that's just just a gross – mistake uh, on my part, fading the Pittsburgh pass catchers that far. I mean, Deontay Johnson is going to still get the targets. I'm not going to get there and pick and jet. I don't care about these contested catch that he's making in in, in preseason. Um, I, I saw how his production waned um, in the second half of last year. Um, even if Kenny Pickett takes a leap, I think that's going to benefit Deontay Johnson and, and Fryer moves more than it does Pickens personally. But um he would still be in my top like 40 receivers pickings. Um, so a, a little bit of modifications need to be made on the Pittsburgh side, but then there's two more and then we'll get out of here. You have Marquise Hollywood Brown at 26. I don't have him in the top 30. You have Jordan Addison at 27, who I don't have in the top 30. I'm not, I'm not banking on anything, Arizona pass catcher. So I wasn't even thinking about Hollywood Brown in this offense, but tell me about Jordan Addison being the second Minnesota receiver. Who's, Threatening wide receiver two territory in your rankings. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he is the highest rookie either of us have in here, right? So, I mean, got to be somebody. Some rookie's going to perform. I mean, we've seen uh, Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota offense support two top wide receivers with, uh, you know, the numbers Thielen put up over the last several years. And Addison is pretty undeniably got more potential than Thielen ever did. And again, I, I, I'm leaning into this Minnesota offense. I think Addison is going to have a really strong rookie year. So I, I, I just think top 27 might be too low. I wouldn't be shocked to see him squeeze into that top 24. Two guys in the you know wide receiver one, wide receiver two territory is not unheard of. I mean, last year we saw it Waddle and, and Tyreek Hill, obviously different skill sets, but those guys were both Wide receiver ones, uh, you know, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith can both get in that wide receiver one territory. A lot of these tandems on these heavy pass offenses end up with two high-ranked guys, and and uh, I think Addison, being a strong route runner, can hit the ground running from day one. Yeah, I don't disagree with them as an offense. Like I said, I don't think their defense is going to be any good. Um, I think they're going to be chasing points, uh, and if he just steps into that Adam Thielen vacated target role. I mean, that's like a hundred target opportunity for him as a rookie. And if he gets hundred targets, he'll be the top producing rookie. Um, as I was kind of looking through this, I mean, there's, there's a few teams where we don't have players for in different capacity, but neither of us have a Baltimore receiver on here. Um, I'm, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I don't know who I'd put up there, but I, I think like three of them could be in the top 40 when it's all said and done. I mean, Flowers, Bateman and Beckham could all be lingering in that flex wide receiver three flex range for me. But one of them is probably going to bubble up into the top 30. If Lamar Jackson has 
you know, that kind of explosive passing season that everyone's assuming the Todd Monk and all. See, I, I go opposite. Like, I, I think Andrews is the clear beneficiary. I don't think Lamar can throw the ball well enough to excel in the Munkin system. So that's why, I mean, going back all the way to quarterback, that's why I had Lamar at seven. And I didn't even like having him that high, but I was having a hard time justifying putting some of the other guys ahead of him. I think this offense in Baltimore takes a step back. I have no problem not putting any of those guys in the top 30. I like every single, we have, we both have DeAndre Hopkins. You got him 26. I have him 28. That guy might be washed, so that, that could be a guy I could start bumping below some of the Baltimore receivers, but I don't – there's nobody in our top 30 who I would be comfortable putting behind any of the Baltimore wide receivers at all. Yeah, I hear you. And I'm starting to like pick apart a few more. So with Baltimore, we also don't have any New England Patriots, for obvious reasons, New York Giants, for obvious reasons, Indianapolis yeah. Colts, for – Somewhat obvious reason. Some people would. We, we're just it. not Pittman guys. I mean, yeah, you know, that's in their top thirty. Just those opportunities. <laughs> Heavily biased here. As I'm just kind of scrolling through, any other teams that we don't have represented, like at least in some capacity, like you have Arizona with with Hollywood Brown. I have Atlanta with Drake London. I mean, we both have DeAndre Hopkins with Tennessee. I'm just thinking of the lower end passing offenses that. I think that might be it. We both have Green Bay represented. We both have Minnesota. We both have Detroit. Uh, both have Chicago with DJ Moore. So I think those are the only teams where we don't have any top 30 wide receivers. Um, but Houston. interesting list. Of, <laughs> yep, yep, Houston. We're, we're, and listen, you only snuck Schultz in at 12 at tight end. I don't even have a, a tight end. Carolina. So we got the two. To, uh, uh, yeah. I was rookie. trying to think of the rookie quarterback area. They're so, yeah, coming we, in with uh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody yeah. to throw to. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to be the, the smoothest of sailing for some of these teams. And like, yeah. I mean, it's, you get a couple guys in from some teams or has to be on missions on the other. I mean, look, let's say, let's say you're talking about the rookies here real quick. And I, I brought up Hopkins. Let's say Hopkins doesn't sign with Tennessee. Do you even put Traylon Burks in this top 30? I'd I probably do. Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, I like Traylon so Burks. I, I, I think effect. he got off to a rough start last year, but I, I saw glimpses um, throughout the year last year of what I believe to be the top wide receiver in last year's class. And yeah. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a death knell to him. Uh, Traylon Burks, probably, he's definitely in my top 40, probably in my top 36. <laughs> so he'd be just off this list. If Yeah, if there was no Hopkins, I would, I would probably have him in that Hopkins spot because I still do think the top pass catcher is going to get enough volume in the Tennessee offense with uh, Ryan Tannehill to be relevant. But yeah, I'm, I'm fully in on, on Traylon Burks. I think we could be shocked by his production across from DeAndre Hopkins this year. Yeah. He, he's one of my favorite. I love Traylon sleeper because everybody knows who he is, but yeah, I, I, I underperforming as someone you could probably still get a value. I mean, listen, try and buy into him with, you know, this whole DeAndre Hopkins hype, right? I mean, if someone's willing to get off a trail on Burks, uh, I'm a buyer. Yeah. I'll buy that. I would, I mean, we, we did these rankings and, you know, you talked about whether it's how you would draft them. If you were actually making picks or if you're talking end of the year points for, for this, in this case, it was end of the year points. But if I'm on the clock and I'm picking between Hopkins or 
Traylon Burks. I think Burks has the higher ceiling at this point in their careers. I would rather yeah. have Burks. Uh, agreed. I agree wholeheartedly. I don't know that uh, Ryan Tannehill is going to throw DeAndre Hopkins into those contested catch situations like per- past quarterbacks have for him. Fucking <laughs> Will Levis sure will. <laughs> well, Will Levis will throw 10 yards past him to the D-back. He looks like a nightmare right now. And he looks like he's like it looked like me out there under center. Willis didn't look not much knowing, better. Not knowing what they were to do. Yeah. Oh, it's it scary hours for, for Will Levis out there. Yeah. Might, might right. have burned a fair amount of my uh second round <laughs> rookie picks on Will Levis. Samesies. Like, boy, yeah. oh boy. Darn it. I didn't like him. I was like, come on. Quarterback. Got early second round capital. I to take the guy. No, I didn't. I didn't have to take him. I have a team where he's my only quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Fuck. Life comes at you fast, Johnny. Doomed. But. All right. So that was our little redraft primer, kind of looking at our uh, rankings, talking about some differences we had, um, some similarities we had, like like Walk mentioned. Any of the names we omitted, you know, just look at kind of consensus ADP that's floating out there. Obviously, we we didn't talk about Jalen Waddle. He's both of our, you know, we have him in top 12 range there. So if your walk said he'll post it, if you're curious for specific guys, but you know, the, the, the guys we know are the guys we know. It's not exciting to talk about, you know, McCaffrey every week. It's, it's more fun to talk about these depth guys that can actually help you win a league in in rounds three, four, five, six, seven, and eight in your draft. So hopefully you get some value out of this, help you during draft season. For myself, John Dabari, for my co-host, Matt Walker, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Out! All right. Well, yeah, until 10 minutes ago, it was a mystery. They, um, like a sprain is like a small tear, right? And that what they say now, which uh, wasn't um, what they said when I was a fucking kid, but no, sprains are fine. Right? You just sprained it. Well, a, a sprain or a <laughs> strain though is a small tear. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So, so a sprain is, is an fucking... injury to a ligament, which is a piece of tissue that connects bone to bone. A strain is an injury where the muscle and tendon are connected. So you sprain a, a joint, strain a oh, muscle. muscle? Correct. I didn't know that either. Yeah, Here's so a fucking here. Strain we're, we're is for ligaments and strain is for muscles. We're, we're, the, we're the same age, so this will be a fun question for me to ask you. Okay. <laughs> Starting. Kids, kids are back in school. I, I've learned something new. How many oceans are there? Oceans? Yep. I thought you were going to ask me about was that called a like core math or whatever it is? Oh, um, that's a fucking nightmare. Uh, yeah. Arctic, Atlantic, Pacific. Is there any other ocean? <laughs> those three are right. I, I those those I'm comfortable with. I'm like, are there any like? So how do you? How many are there? That's the main question. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, okay. I, I'm naming them is how I'm getting to the number, Jonathan. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if you understand that. 
I could just throw the dart. I know it's more than three. That's for sure. So I hear. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll I'm give just, you the five. answer. Five. The the correct answer, where because we're in our forties, is four. My kid, my kid gets some homework. It says, "Name the five oceans." She's looking at me, and I'm like, "When I was a kid, there were four oceans, apparently." And then I had to There's go an, on the old internet here. In 1999, so it's been an ocean for fucking 25 years. They officially said the Southern Ocean is the fifth ocean. I don't. So you missed you missed Indian Ocean. I don't don't recognize Southern Ocean. You're right. Historically, there are four named oceans: Atlantic, Pacific, Indian. I knew I I knew I was I was thinking over there. I'm just like I don't fucking know what it is. And now there's one another one in the Arctic, including the United States. However. Now recognize the Southern Antarctic as the fifth ocean. Ironically, I was going to say Antarctic. When I said Arctic, I'm like, well, then it would stand a reason that there's an Antarctic ocean. So that was coming to my mind. I, I wasn't ever going to put the put the fucking figure on the Indian Ocean, although I knew there was one over there. But yes, I'm not even like newest grumpy, <laughs> grumpy old man that hates change, but it does bother me that there's different oceans now than from when I was a kid. And... That there's fucking eight planets instead of nine, like. I mean, that's just natural selection, John. What are we doing here? <laughs> you should never get. There should never be more. If anything, there should always be less, right? We we should have peaked already. So anything. Well, they less. still. Lots right. of people think there is a tenth. Well, I guess it would be the ninth planet now. They believe there's a tenth planet out there beyond Pluto, but they think it's on a weird. Uh. Orbit not on the same plane as the other planets. Yeah. Planet is that where Darius Tony, Tony's We're... fantasy value is? Oh, Planet X. So it's a it's an Elon Musk creation. So you're telling me? <laughs> Probably. Maybe that's all part of it. 